All right, well, welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us, the old friends, new friends. Uh, this is our third session in uh, the Mandukya Upanishad, and we'll be starting on the third mantra uh, today, if you've been following. Um, we're um, blessed to have um, Bindoji uh, Aurobind to lead us through uh, this. It's an extraordinary um, individual that can lead anyone through this and through the faculties of Clubhouse. We've been doing Upanishad series for a year now and different um, different formats and different texts and this has been working out uh, really well. So what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll spend um, about an hour uh, going through the Upanishad and then uh, open up to questions about uh, this uh, text and then uh, any other questions unrelated to the Upanishad will uh, we'll open up another room after that and so without any further ado I'll turn it over to Arabind. Uh, Arabindji will uh, lead us through this for the next little bit and we have Nitya, uh, Nitya Ji uh, will also be available for any questions. And um, thank you. I'll turn it over to you now. Hariyum. Hariyum. Thank you, Patrick. Hariyum, Mom. Om Namo Brahmadibhyo, Brahmadibhyo, Sampradaya Kartrubhyo, Vancharishibhyo, Gurubhyo, Namo Gurubhyaha. Shankaram Shankarajajim Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Vashikrata Vande Bhagavanta Upanapunaha Ishuru Guru Ratmiti Murti Beta Vipagine Vyomavatyapta Dehaya Dekshinamutaye Namaha Ishuru Guru Ratmiti Murti Beta Vipagine Vyomavatyapta Dehaya Sri Dekshinamutaye Namaha Om Badram Karne Bishrunuyama Deva Badram Basye Makshabir Yajatra Stirai Rangai Sustu Agum Sastanubihi Vyashema Deva Hitam Yadayu Sostina Indro Vridashrava Sostina Pusha Vishaveda Sostina Stakshu Arishtanemi Sostino Brihaspatir Dadatu Om Shanti 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 Nityaji, the Mangala Sutra and the first six mantra of the Upanishad also you can chant. Today I'll just do the man Mangala Sutra, uh, Mangala okay. experiment. Okay. Okay. Pragyanam Shukratanehi Tirajara Nikara Vyapi Birvyapya Lokan Bhukva Bhogan Stavishtan Unarapidishanod Pasitan Kama Janyan Pitva Sarvan Visheshan Swapati Madhurabhung Mayaya Bhojayanno Maya Sankhya Turiyam Paramam Amrutamajam Brahmayatan Natosmi 
ಯೋ ವಿಶ್ವಾತ್ಮಾ ವಿಧಿಜ ವಿಷಯಾನ್ ಪ್ರಾಶ್ಯಭೋಗಾನ್ ತವಿಷ್ಠಾನ್ ಪಶ್ಚಾಚಾನ್ಯಾನ್ ಸ್ವಮತಿ ವಿಭವಾನ್ ಜ್ಯೋತಿಷ ಸ್ವೇನ ಸೂಕ್ಷ್ಮಾನ್ ಸರ್ವಾನೇತಾನ್ ಪುನರಪಿ ಶನೈ ಸ್ವಾತ್ಮನಿ ಸ್ಥಾಪಯಿತ್ವಾನ್ ವಿಶೇಷಾನ್ ವಿಗತ ಗುಣಗಣ ಪಾತ್ವಸೌ ನುರೀಯ ಜಾಗೃದಿಷು ಜಾಗೃದಿತ್ರಯೋನ್ಮುಕ್ತ ಜಾಗೃದಿಮಯ ಓಂಕಾರೇವಪ್ಯೋಂಕಾರೇವೇತತ್ತ ಸರ್ವೇತದ್ರಹ್ಮ ಅಯಮಾತ್ಮ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಸಾಯಂಚತುಷ್ಪಾತ್ ಜಾಗರಿತಸ್ಥಾನೋ ಬಹಿಪ್ರಶ್ನ ಸಪ್ತಾಂಗೇಕೋನವಿಶತಿಮುಖ ಸ್ಥೂಲಭುಕ್ ವೈಶ್ವಾನರ್ಹ ಪ್ರಥಮ ಪಾದ ಸ್ವಪ್ನಸ್ಥಾನೋ ಅಂತಪ್ರಜ್ಞ ಸಪ್ತಾಂಗೇಕೋನವಿಶತಿಮುಖ ರವಿಭುಕ್ತಭುಕ್ತೈಜಸೋ ದ್ವಿತೀಯ ಪಾದ ಯಪ್ನೋ ನ ಕಂಚನ ಕಾಮ ಕಾಮಯತೆ ನ ಕಂಚನ ಸ್ವಪ್ನ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ತತ್ಸುಷುಪ್ತ ಸುಷುಪ್ತಸ್ಥಾನ ಏಕೀಭೂತ ಪ್ರಜ್ಞಾನಗನ ಆನಂದಮಯೋಹ್ಯಾನಂದಭುಕ್ತೇಜೋಮುಖ ಪ್ರಾಜ್ಞತೃತೀಯ ಪಾದ ಏಷರ್ವೇಶ್ವರ ಏಷಸರ್ವಜ್ಞ ಏಷೋಂದರ್ಯಾಮ್ಯೋನಿಸರ್ವಸ್ಯಪ್ರಭವೋಪ್ಯೋ ಹಿ word uh, one syllable is representing the idam sarvam what we call it as this anything which is called as this other than us is the meaning which may apparently look like but it is not like that idam includes sarvam the moment the word sarvam comes it includes the the one who is speaking also or the one who is uttering the word om tasya upakhyanam means the clear exposition of that usage of om how it has become sarvam is what is mantukya upanishad is all about which includes bhutam bhavat bhavishyat that is the past present and future all what you can conceive sarvam omkara eva everything is omkara not only that yacha anyatra kala atitam tadapya omkara eva so what is beyond the trikalam that is past present and future even that is omkara eva that means there is nothing which is outside the omkara and omkara is 
being now explained that sarvam hetat brahma all this what is told as bhutam bhavit bhavishyat and trikalaatitam sarvam hi etat brahma all these are brahma and that brahma is i am atma this atma which is there which is being identified the individuals that atma and brahma are the same sah i am atma chatushpad this at this atma which is now being referred as brahma should be understood with the four 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 quarters now this is where we started our analysis of the i am atma i am atma means the individual should know that atma means self the self is the individual who is now being told that you are your swarupa or your real nature is is that of the adbrahma which is idam sarva what is included in the past present and future and beyond that so how will the individual understand that this limited body individual how can he be the the brahma or the whole the entire entirety of things to analyze that the upanishad is breaking up our experiences into jagrat sapna susupti and turiya the turiya is the fourth one not the fourth quarter it is the quarter here it means it like a for a for a dollar for a pound or a for a rupee how the each quarter is is then divided into each quarter do not represent the full but when the quarter in itself is not limiting to any particular part any quarter when four quarters join together becomes the totality of the experience same way here also and the definition of the waking has been mentioned as jagaritasthana that means jagrat abhimani ya pratnya hasti that that knowledge or that awareness which identifies itself with the waking and what are the qualities of it bahipratnya it it is looking outward or it is cognizing objects which are apparently outside and how does it do ekona vimshati mukha he has got 19 tools with which he understands the world outside which is in the microcosm or the individual and the same thing is there in the macrocosm or the the whole creation which is represented by saptanga the saptanga is the cosmic form stula book stula book stula means gross stula book stulam bujate yaha sahav stula book one who is serving consuming or using the gross elements he is called a jagarita sthanaha and his name for in the microcosm microcosm level is called vaishwanara otherwise another name is there vishwa but in the in the cosmic or the macrocosm level he is not the same person is known as virat and that is the first quarter pratamapada now here 
we have to understand that it is not the sum total of microcosm which becomes the macrocosm in the typical sense what we know that you know it is not that way we have to understand that the macrocosm is inclusive of the microcosm it is not made up of multiple microcosm so there is a relationship between the microcosm and the macrocosm in the sense that what is there in a drop of water is the same molecule what is there in the ocean also that way it is not the many drops of water put together becomes a ocean that may appear appear to be the same but it can never that type of a you know scaling up is not what the upanishad is maintaining here here he is saying that when you know a microcosm or a jiva or a individual the same is the case with the virat or the total now that has to be understood in a philosophical sense and not a physical sense because this is not only talking about the experiences of the waker they are also going to the same call what is called our dream world swapnasthana andapratnyah saptanga ekona vimshadi mukha pravibhukta bhuk taijasa vidiya padha the second quarter is called the swapna abhimani pratnya the one e the one awareness which identifies itself with the dream world and therefore pravibhukta book means it is consuming or it is enjoying or it is serving not gross material but which are subtle in nature pravibhukta book using the same 19 tools what is the tools used for the waking is the same tools what is used in the swapna also and in the last class we discussed about the sushupti or sushupta yatra supto na kanjana kamam kamayade na kanjana swapnam pasyadi tat sushuptam sushupta sthana eki bodaha pratyanagana eva anandamayo hi anandabhu cheto mukha pratnya tridiya padaha this is the tridiya padaha this is the third quarter of our experience one quarter of our experience is waking second quarter of our experience is dream the third quarter is called the deep sleep now here we have to understand one thing even though when we use the word waking dream and deep sleep technically or in the common parlance we feel that daytime is called waking when we go into sleep or the night when we are going to sleep we slip into dream or deep sleep but in the sense of the upanishad there is nothing called a day or night it is only telling you the identifier when he enjoys the gross elements he is called a waker or jagarita prajna when he is enjoying the subtle or lucid or non tangible non gross of objects he is called as dreamer 
and when both are not there and there is nothing to be cognized or there is absolute what you call non-cognition still there is a identifier with the awareness and that identifier is called the supta and because there is nothing available na kanjana kamam kamayate there is nothing which is being desired because not, there is no object to be there to be desired na kanjana swapnam pasyadi it is not that he is not seeing because the things are gross is not available nor even subtly is available now these three are conditions of our awareness it doesn't necessarily mean in waking dream and deep sleep are independent in the waking when we are using our sensory organs and when we are inter exchanging or interacting with gross elements in the world outside that activity is called the waker but when the waker having interacted with any object that becomes in the part of his memory and when he recalls his memory even in waking that time when he is using his memory for the recalled memory for his purpose of either you know daydreaming or you know thinking about somebody in his life or some object or even the thing like that that is a pravivita book he is a enjoyer of a subtle world doesn't mean he is in waking but his engagement is not with gross elements he is engaging with subtle elements which is in his memory and there may be moments in our waking when we are stunned or by you know some ecstatic moment or some wonders when we have their mind becomes still without even identifying the gross object or the subtle memory or anything for it can be even for a fraction of a second these three keeps interchanging in our daily experience whether we are in waking dream or deep sleep not in deep sleep wake or a dream in the dreaming where there are experiences which are as good as gross now for example when we are woken up from a dream by scared by somebody attacking us or a lion attacking us or somebody is uh, beating us up or we feel that we are falling from a cliff and hurting ourselves there is a grossness in our experience in even in the dream that grossness experience of the dream is not of the dreamer that is called the stula book or one who feels the grossness of his experience but most of the 90 80 90% or some majority of the experiences of the dream are lucid and subtle so we don't remember most of the experiences of the dream except for where it had a gross effect and that has gone into our memory now what happens in the how does the sleep come up as per the shastra or the various upanishad is giving that the gross objects which have been pushed into to our subconscious mind as vasanas or samskara or impressions in our subconscious mind they come up 
for further engagement with the with the sense organs for meeting certain you know unfulfilled desires or some sort of a you know activity within the within the mind level therefore the part of the gross elements memory which is there in the subconscious mind is being brought into the memory field in the dream and that mixed up with imagination is what we are enjoying in our dream so you, the, the, you cannot really put a demarcation between dream and deep sleep because they have commonalities and their specialities therefore between the two when the grossness of objects are being enjoyed he is called a waker when the subtleness of the objects either it can be imagination or memories of what we had of the gross elements which we had enjoyed earlier in those cases he is called a dreamer but in the case of a deep sleeper which we discussed in the last class is needs much more explanation because that's something which technically and practically nobody can analyze it unless shruti tells it what is that what is called as shruti all we know in our experience is that i knew nothing i had a good sleep na kanchana veti i i knew nothing and i was in a state of happiness i had a good sleep and i am feeling fresh so these experiences is basically called a vritti or a mental pulsation which is remembered in the waking but while that happening in the deep sleep we have no knowledge now in the bhashya shankara explains it is that vishesha vijnana agrahana that is there is no grasping or knowing of specialities whether it in the subtle form or a gross form because in both subtle and gross form waker and dreamer we know that there are object and they have got specialities this is called vishesha vijnana it can the word we can we can define those experience or the objects with definitive qualities and measures but in the case of deep sleep what happens there it is agrahanam means non consumption or non understanding or no what you call knowing of any of the specialities at the same time there is a knowing of not knowingness i know i knew nothing when we all wake up we say that i knew nothing i had a good sleep i knew nothing what happened what was happening what is the time how much i slept all those things are ignorance type of a thing i knew nothing so this ignorance or apparent you know feeling like ignorance at the same time it was not ignorance because even that was cognized by the mind in the form of a memory and that's why when we wake up we call it as a, i had a good sleep so manovritti the mental pulsation was there that is why even though we have lost our individuality identification with the body mind intellect 
and the location, Desha Kala, time and space, everything has been set aside. We still do not become one with the, our nature. It is something similar to the, our reality, but at the same time, we do not know exactly what it is. Therefore, when we wake up, we become the same old person of the waking. This, in some of the later philosophers after Shankara, called it as a Atnyana Bijam or the seed of ignorance was there. But Shankara and both um, Sureshwarajarya flatly refuses that. They say there is nothing called Atnyana in the Sushupti. It is just like that. If you are moving, if you entered a room where there was light and you saw everything, suddenly the power goes off. You know things are there, at the same time you have no, no consumption or the no interaction with your sense organs and the objects. There is a darkness prevailing everywhere. The darkness doesn't mean that you are not there, the objects are not there, but there is no interaction between you and the objects. This sort of a feeling is exactly what we feel in our deep sleep. The waking and the dream world, suddenly the one, the light which was projecting these two shut itself down and we knew nothing. When there is nothing to be known, the tendency of the mind is naturally to get into a state of bliss. This bliss is called Ananda book in the Suptaha stage. Supta means one who is in the deep sleep. Ananda book. That means Anandam ya bujade. The Ananda book. He is enjoying the Ananda of not engaging with any objects. At the same time, it is not Ananda Swarupa. It is not his nature or his Swarupa of bliss. Satchit Ananda. That Ananda is not the one which is thing. Here is what is being enjoyed is the Ananda book of the absence of perturbance by special objects which are otherwise taking away the energy and consumption of through our sense organs. That dissipation of energy, when doesn't happen, we feel relaxed. Now, Shangara gives an example here. If a person, those olden days, the people used to move from one place to another. When they used to go, they used to carry their baggage or their belongings as a head load. Now, this head load, when it is there with you, it is a, it is a stress on your neck and everything. And there were pillars in en route where people could, you know, temporarily un, you know, unload it, not at the ground floor, at the head level itself, with, with the support of those granite pillars. Uh, today, nowadays, no, it is not available. So those granite pillars used to take away the stress and the load from the head. That time there was a, there was a sense of relaxation and happiness in the person from the absence of engagement with the head load. These type of a relaxation or disengagement with 
the objects in the waking and the dream is the reason why he remains as a enjoyer of happiness in the sushupti stage and there are terms which are used in the sushupta sthana I mean the, the the identifier with the sushupti state eki bodha he became one with so what eki bodha does stand here for only when you have multiple things you can become one so eki bodha the word shows that it became one now this word is the one which is giving the indication that the jagrat and sapna or the waking and the dream is coming out of this very one where everything has merged into one which indicates otherwise that the projection of the waking grossness and the objects of gross entities with the enjoyer who is also gross in the waking and the subtle enjoyer and the subtle objects of the dream has merged into a unity state in the sushupti eki bodha and therefore he becomes pratyana ghana pratyana means prakarshena jnana yadri pratyana prakarshena if it is there is special knowledge that knowledge is what is called the waking knowledge and the dream stone now when it becomes eki bodha that knowledge merges into one and the knowledge of not many into resolving into one state of mere awareness of that i knew nothing that's a statement we all make i knew nothing is that contradiction words itself you cannot say new and nothing nothing can be never known so when i say i woke i had a good sleep and when i knew woke up i say i had a good sleep i knew nothing i am contradicting myself when i say i knew and nothing the nothing is an object which can never be known so why do i use the word new nothing that indication comes from the word pratyana gana that knowledge not knowing anything at the same time being the knowledge is the pratyana gana you are the knowledge you are the knowledge where you know that there is nothing other than that therefore eki bodha therefore what happens is that there is not nothing which is going to intervene or diminish your happiness or the the completeness of the pratyana gana therefore he is called the anandamaya and he is in a state of total happiness that that is which i explained about the head load part of it so what happens is that in these conditions there is a level of what you call potency from where that eki bodha pratyana when it projects into the grossness it is called the waking or the jagrat sthana sapna sthana when he identifies himself with the jagrat sthana he is called the waker the sushupta sthana sushupta sthana identifying grosser is the jagrat sthana 
Sushupta sthana, when identify with the Sopna sthana, he becomes a Sopna sthana. So it is the one and the only one which is when identifying with the different experiences, he is called the waker, he is called the dreamer. And that entity in the deep sleep is called Pratnya. Pratnya Tridiya Padha is the third quarter. Now, when it comes to Tridiya Padha, we have to make it understand that this term called Agrahanam, which is there in the third quarter, continues when it comes to waking and dream also. Because Cheto Mukha is the word which is used by the Upanishad. Cheto Mukha means Chaitanyam, through which Mukha means through the 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 face or the through the through through the apparatus of mukha it projects the waking the chaitanya projection as gross objects including the subject object and the knowing becoming the grossness is called the jagratsana for that the cheto mukha is the condition in the Agrahana stage or the non, non understanding or the when I knew nothing that uh, that state, the Eki Buddha state becomes the cause or the from where that wake up comes. So we are, it's all our experience. When we wake up from our deep sleep, suddenly the whole world comes up, including the eye association with the body, the mind, intellect. If there is a sickness with the body, we start remembering the body sickness. If there is someone, if we are in hospital, we will remember we are in hospital. If we are in remember at house, we remember. If we are in a hotel or traveling, we remember that. All those things springs back from the Cheto Mukha because of that condition of the deep sleep. And it is the same one which is operating even when we are waking, when we call up, call up on our memory. Suppose if we are on a travel outside and we, we remember something that we have not done at back in our home or in the office, that memory when it comes in the waking is, is subtle in nature. Pravivikta book, that is the second one which is saying that. That also is coming because of the Cheto Mukha. So we are now definitely not able to Crystal clear cut bifurcate them into three parts. Jagrat, Sopna, Sushupti. Even though majority of the experience during these these three times can be called as Jagrat, Sopna, Sushupti or wake up, dream and deep sleep. Our, when it is we are in waking, when we are in dream, when we are in our deep sleep, is not conditioned by the day or night of the world outside. It is our experience which is deciding whether we are in the gross state or we are in the subtle state or we are in a state of not knowing anything. So you have to keep these things in the mind because when we go to the Chaturtha Padaha, Turiya, we have we will know it much better only if we know these aspects of the three states 
because Turiya is not separate from the three. So to come to that, we have to know what are the three and its own relationship. At this stage, having discussed about what is waking, what is dream and what is deep sleep as we have completed in the last class, today we will take up the fourth pada or no, indicative to fourth pada. It's not actually the fourth pada. It is the indicative to the fourth pada. The mantra goes like this. Yesha Sarveshwaraha, Yesha Sarvatnyaha, Yesha Andaryami, Yesha Yonihi, Sarvasya Prabhava Api Ayauhi Bhutanam. Bhutanam means all the creations. Bahuvachana. Ayauhi Bhutanam. This alone is the Bhutanam. What? Prabhava. Prakarshena Bhavati. Iti Prabhava. Is creating from the creation takes flux from this from what that adjectives are called Yesha Sarveshara, Yesha Sarvatnya, Yesha Andaryami, Yesha Yoni. These are the four terminologies the Upanishad uses to define that one which is the cause for Sarvasya Prabhava for Bhutanam. All the creations has the origin from here. Therefore, it is called yoni. Yoni means is is the is the place from where birth takes place. So all the creation takes place for everything. There is one place from where the the creation of the Jagrat Sopna Sushupti takes place. Now, how does that Jagrat Sapta Sushupti takes place? Because he is Sarveshwara. Sarveshwara means Sarvanam Ishwara is Sarveshwara. He is a controller. Ishwara means he is the one controller. Here the word Ishwara is not the word God which is there in the theological meaning. No. Sanskrit has got different meanings at different conditions, so we should take it as per the context. Sa Sarva Ishwaraha means he is the controller of every atom of creation. And how does he become controller of every creation? Because Sahayeva Yoni, it is from him or from that every creation is coming up how does it act the support is that there are other upanishadic words which are saying that tasmat akasha sambhutaha akashad vayu vayor agni agnerapaha abha prativi prativi or aushadaya aushade obhyannam annat purushaha so like that there is a taitriya word where says that from that became the space from the space came the rest of the things up to every living being or everything in the creation. Or there are other Upanishads also which are take, talking about the creation part. Ajayamano Bahudavijayate. Even though he did not become, he did not take birth, he became everything. Is another mantra of the 
same Upanishad. So we, we can see that another Upanishad says, So Kamayata Bhusyam Prajayati. He willed, let me become many. So there are innumerable quotations which I can give you where the other Upanishads are also referring to that, that this Ishvara is the Yoni for Sarva Bhutana, is, the, is from where everything comes up. Now when it comes to this stage, normally we know the creation with two things. One is that we need a material with which we can make things and there should be a creator who makes the, with the material products. But we were told that Eki Bhutaha, Pratnana Ghana, it became one. There is only one. And how can it become the many? So the question will naturally come from the one, how did it become many? So did it really become many or is it appearing as many? Like the water, the wave, the ocean itself, did it become many waves or the many waves are appearances of the same ocean? Same way, Bahuda Vijayate became many, Ajayamano, without becoming, without giving, becoming, Jaya means to, to give birth or to take birth. Ajayamano means not taking birth. Bahuda Vijayate, he becomes many, is what the Upanishad says. So, Sa Sarveshwara, he has the control to become many. He is the ultimate controller or he is the Ishwara who has control on not only creation but on himself also. He has control, self-control, whether if he, when he wants to become many, he can become many. When he decides not to become many, he doesn't become many. So in, in both ways, he is a Sarveshwara. There is nothing outside that Ishwara's control. Therefore, he is a Sarveshwara. Now, how does the word Yesha Sarvatnyaha? Sarvatnyaha, Sarvan Janatiha, Sarvatnyaha. One who knows everything is a Sarvatnya. Now, when in our case, what happens is that if we know uh, a pot, we, we know the pot. But we do not know the thing which is on the side or by the side or other places. So our knowledge is always limited through the limitation of the indriyas or the sense organs. But how did Saishura, who is the yoni for Sarva Bhutana, become the Sarvatnya? Sarvam Bhutva Sarvatnya. He is the one everything. See, I may not, I may know physically the quality, taste, etc. of a mango. But what is to be a mango, I will never know because unless I become the mango, I will not know how to be how to be a mango or a, a, another person. See, suppose if I am, want to say that I I know my close thing, like I know my son, if I say, or I know my daughter. I really do not know because I know only from the superficial knowledge what that person is, how is he, what is normal mental thinking process, how thing. But being him or her is never within my knowledge. So 
this limitation is what the every created material has a limitation because they cannot further become something else because he has already become something so every object which is said have been created is an object but ishwara has having taken the form of that or that become that object he knows how to be that object or what is it to be like an object therefore he is called as sarvajna and when sarva bhutanam he is the one from where every buddha comes or every creation every atom of the creation comes he is indeed in everything and he is the one you me the world the atoms the stars the sun the moon the water the everything the space the fire you name it anything want you to name bhutam bhavat bhavishyati sarvam omkara eva this is where it is going to ultimately we are going to be taken that side eskatrikalat anyatrikaladitam even before the beyond the three kalas because if you want to say sarva bhutanam we should know that what was there in the past what is there in the present what is going to be there in the future and what is beyond that which is not humanly possible but ishwara is he is possible to know or that entity which we call it as ishwara has the potency to know what is beyond because even the time comes from him he is the creator of time he is the creator of space so beyond the time and space only he can know trikaladitam so that is why he becomes a sarvajna which cannot be normally understood by our limited intellect and mind only upanishad only the instrument through which we can understand that insight into what is like a sarvatnya then the third word or the fourth one yoni is over ishara is over sarvatnya is over the last one is andaryami now this andaryami is a very special word which is only used in the upanishads in the brahmatarnya upanishad the third chapter seventh adhyaya is a dialogue between yatnya valkya and one of the brahmanas in the janakas court aruni i think the entire question was asking what is this andaryami there are there are plenty of statements but i take only one of that which yatnyavalkya answers to him saying that yaha sarveshu bhuteshu tishtan that means he yaha means he who sarveshu bhuteshu tishtan in residing in all the creations sarvebhya bhutebhya andara in he is not only in residing in them but he is also be, being them sarvani bhutani naviduhu the objects do not know who is that inside that like we do not know our reality we think our identity is name and form and association with our memories what we are we do not know same way yam sarvani bhutani na viduhu they do not know what is the thing by which they have become that our own thing. 
I cannot say what is that entity which I am today, which I call myself with associated with the body. So Sarvani Bhudevi Andarahasti, they are this this Andaryami is has be, having become everything, residing in everything, yet not known to those objects. Yesya Sarvani Bhutani Shariram. He is the one who is the body also of the objects. The body of every atom is also that only. There is nothing other than that. Yaha Sarvani Bhutani Andoro Yamayati. He is the one which is pervading the entire object, each of the atoms of the object, of the entire creation. Yeshada Atma. That is the Atma. And he is known as Andaryami. That entity is called Andaryami. Amrutaha Iti is also known as Amrutaha, means immortal. Because what is changing is only the name and form, the, the entity with which, which took the name and form never, never dies or never decays or never goes through any diminishing in its entirety. The name and the form of a pot can change and the mud will become back to mud. The mud has never become Amrita. The pot has become Amrita or Amrita. Pot has destroyed, but the mud doesn't get destroyed. The gold doesn't get destroyed. The ornaments can be destroyed. The waves can be destroyed, but the ocean cannot be destroyed. Same way, uh, even though the entire objects, they do not know who, what they are really made of, then who is the one who is Brahmayan Sarvabhutani Yendra Rutani Maya is the statement in the Gita, 18th chapter. He is the one like a like a machine in every atom, the electron, proton, neutron, or the human beings, or the animals, or the trees, or the stars and moons and the cosmos and the galaxies. He is the one who is Yandrarudani, like a mechanical thing, he is the one which is operating all that. And Chetraknyam Chabhimam Viddhi Sarvachetra This statement of to Krishna is that. I am the one, Andaryami, which is Sarvachetreshu in every, every place of dwelling. Chetram means place of dwelling. For an atom, the atom is a place of dwelling. For a human being, the human body is a place of dwelling. For a star, it is a star. Like that, Chetraknyam Chapimam Vidhi Sarvachetreshu. In all the Chetra, same way something is being told here. And it is Adibhudam Athadhyatmam. It is both the Adibhutam and Adhyatmam. The one who makes the difference between Adibhutam and Adhyatmam is doing it because of the limitation of his knowledge. It is the creation and the creator and the one who is dwelling inside the creation. This is the definition given by Yatnyavalkya to Arni in the, uh, in the, in the Valkya Sambhada of Brahadaranya. In the, seven, in the third chapter, seventh adhyaya. This is, there is a lot of tent. He is the inside the earth and the earth doesn't know that he is the one who is, who has become the earth. 
earth thinks itself in. like that there is a set of about 37 38 statements by yatnavalkya on that that itself is a it is a text called andaryami brahmana in the bradharanya upanishad so this andaryami is that andaryami who is the yoni for sarvasya prabhava api sarva bhutana for all the creation and all this now how is this ishvara and the three experiences which have been mentioning about to be related will come in the seventh mantra which is the the ultimate the ultimate instruction which anybody can get to know the truth but what gaudapada has done is that he has written eight or nine karikas explaining these six mantras so that those who have not understood the upanishadic terms as per their what it is been written in that for the sukhabodaya for their easy understanding he has written the eight karikas now these karikas i will be taking before we go to the seventh mantra were the link between these four jagrat swapna sushupti and turiya will be much clearer when we discuss the seventh mantra and the subsequent karikas for that here is the sum total of what you have to understand that even though we have the experience of the grossness subtleness and the absence of both gross and subtleness all these experiences are nothing but sarveshwara he is the one who is the one who knows everything sarvatnya that sarvatnya is the one we also have the knowledge that we are the one who is waking we are the one who is dreaming we is the we are the one who had a deep sleep when we were dreaming we were not knowing what was waking when we were waking we were not knowing what was the details of the dream and when we are in the deep sleep both waking and dream we did not know where it has vanished and this thing but when we project ourselves and to wake up everything is put back dada yada purvam akalpayan that ishura yes that's how it was purvam in the big before we went to sleep how it was there akalpayan he kalpayate he is the one who he desires that the whole thing come let it come back to experience so that sarveshwara is the one which is creating the waking back to its original state which we left when we went to the deep sleep therefore the one who is going knowing the changes he is the one who is beyond all the three abyo vilakshana sat we will get into the karigas from the next week next wednesday and thursday the next wednesday and friday i should be able to complete both the you know the the karikas so that the following week we will be able to take up the seventh mantra which is the most important one that i may may need two or three sessions to complete that one mantra so we'll stop here om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate पूर्णस्य पूर्णमादाय 
ಪೂರ್ಣಮೇವಶಿಷ್ಯತೆ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಧನ್ಯವಾದ ಥ್ಯಾಂಕ್ ಯು ಆಲ್ thank you bindu ji that was wonderful as usual um before we um start with questions i would just turn it over to nitya ji nitya ji do you have any comments to start off with uh, that you'd like to share with us any commentary on bindu's approach on this uh nothing really but uh... Uh, just to say that it's really an amazing way in which the rishi of this upanishad categorizes the sum total of all human experience into the three states of consciousness that we go through like in another upanishad they say puratraya kredate astu jeevaha tatastu jatam sakalam vichitram waking dream and deep sleep through which each and every one of us spot there is no religion unless in this world unless of course we use the word religion in the sense of religare to reunite to get back to the source to relink us to the one there is no theistic diet deity here in this upanishad there is no ritual nothing just a ruthless presentation of the lofty ideal of advaita it's amazing it's so catholic it's so universal also one is awed by you know by the incapacity of language uh, the uh, incapacity by i would say sound as language to define the truth and yet its efficacy to point it out which this upanishad uses the word om and um, reduces the whole of our experience into padam sound padartham uh, the form and how it says that just as a sound is born stays and dies so to the form a little later is born uh, and dies so how it links it up it's another way of interpreting and uh, as nama roopa which is very common parlance to vedantins and uh, only one thing i had to ask him though that uh, if he could uh, just throw light on vedanta if he mentioned about shankaras and sureshwaras charya's take on uh, sushupti i have a question that is um, just for my clarity vedanta shastra says we are in in deep sleep there is agnana but where is it that we talk about nidra vritti and uh, where is it that we come across uh, agnana as a vritti in in our literature that's what i wanted to ask him that is you will find it in the panchadashi vidyaranya sir panchadashi okay okay what is it uh, very peculiar to yoga yoga shastra yeah it is uh, it, it is, is a yoga vedanta prakriya yeah okay Okay, thanks again. Uh Venkat Srini, do you have anything to add or any questions that you want to bring up right now before we turn it over to Rosh and Rosh and uh, Yash? Sure. Yeah, I think with the grace of uh, 
I call it as a grace. We are listening to this opening from Bindoji. Bindoji, I have a, I need a clarity. Uh, on the book you used in the Sushipti, uh, one who is enjoying Ananda. And is this, you know, if you study that with Taitari Upanishad, Shikshavali, that Panchakosha Viveka, is that the same, is that I resolves into Anandamai Kosha, that in the Vijnanamai Kosha I happens and it resolves into Anandamai Kosha. In the Ananda book and this Anandamai Kosha, are these uh, to be tallied in deep sleep state? Because we use this word Ananda book. Uh, now, that's one clarity I need, or it's beyond. Um, and I have a second question, which is, will to manifest, then you further went in next loka, you added, will to manifest, is this inherent to the Atman? Uh, that will to manifest is not part of the mind, but beyond. It, it, that's a second question, uh, if you can clarify both. See, both the Sushupti and Anandamaya Kosha is in relation to creation. The Kosha or the Avastha or the Ananda book, these will definitely mention that there is a state where there is a knower and a known. The knower of Ananda and who enjoys the Ananda is called the Ananda book in the Sushupti. In the Ananda Maya Kosha, it is the same. There, the individual feels of his own Koshas like Annamaya, Pranamaya, Manomaya, Vitnanamaya, Anandamaya. And like that, when he is identifying that, he is identifying from his own interactive experiences. His physical interaction he is called as Andamaya. His breath-related interaction he is called Pranamaya. And his mind-related interaction he calls Manomaya. And his intellect, intellectual interaction he calls Vitnanamaya. And then when he knows that there is beyond that a state where there is a bliss or a state of happiness when nothing is there. Neither the Anandamaya nor the, neither the Vitnanamaya nor the Manomaya, etc. Downward, nothing is there. He, there is a state of happiness or a bliss. This bliss is a vritti of the mind. When the mind is turned inward, it doesn't see the object and multitude which is outside. That Andar Mukhata, this which is told in the Katopinshad, Paranchikani Bhadranat Swayambu Tasmat Paran Pasyatina Andaratma, Avrutta Chakshu Amrutatta Michan, Pratyakatmana Michan. So the one who knowing that that Amrutatta or the ultimate happiness is with residing is my own nature, he abandons the world outside, turns his vision inside to see the origin from where the, when the dissipation of energy doesn't take place, where is that happiness residing in? That is what is called Anandamaya in the Taitriya. 
here this is ananda book basically both are indicating the same thing yes this results have been doing very well uh, we can go to the next question that will what was the next question the, the uh, will i need will, will to manifest uh is been described in the next mantra uh right now is this beyond mind is a question ah uh, see there are two things which you have to understand the will which we and we know is from the limitation of our potencies the created can will or have a sankalpa to create something further but his creation and uh, the potency to create is limited to his own capabilities but when it is said the sankalpa prabhava is the ishwara sankalpa it is more or less his subhava which comes in the kariga in the 8th or 9th kariga it comes desha evasya esha subhava it is the nature of the consciousness to remain without rejection or with projection it 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 is just like that the ocean has an option where it is deep and silent and in moving in one place at the same time it can be moving in the surface and creating the waves both are the potency the it is a condition of the same thing same way the space or air so what happens is in the, these are all very very you know in, in in not the correct examples which i am using but get to get an idea that when he is a sarvatnya and sarveshwara you cannot even call there it is a will of the ishwara with which he think with our limited mind we call we superimpose our limitation of creation you need a will janadi ichchati yatate or avidya kama karma we we superimpose that also on the ishwara saying that he must be also having a will or a desire to become many that to desire to become many is only arising if the the one which has become many is a reality if that is not a reality then where is his will there if it is only an appearance in the nama roopam the consciousness alone has becoming the nama roopa so it has not really become the nama roopa is from our point of view from ishwara's point of view there is no nama roopa so there is no sankalpa also there but for people to understand with the lesser uh, you know cognition capacity the the terminology is used is that desh devasya subhavah otherwise ishwara sankalpa now now in this one he is kariga uh, is saying that some of them are saying leela matram the you know it ishwara leela it is his play that he want to play with himself he created many these are all childish way of superimposing our human limited thinking to the all control or all knowing ishwara so really should not be mixing up the two
Then could you um, please tell us what motivated the questions and what are you thinking, please? I think the Ajayamano Bhada Vijayate, even the appearance, either we call it as creation or appearance. There's a will that led to this. Um, now, not to bring this individual mind versus universal mind, or you can call it as a Jiva Sakshi or Ishwara Sakshi. Because this Upanishad is experiential, validate with your own experience, which is discard which is not available in your own validation the appearance is there and i'm not giving reality to it just that the validation to validate this as the question see Vimgarji, you should understand this upanishad doesn't talk about creation at all it will come to ajadivada later you will know that at that time how is this Upanishad treating something which is not possible to be brought within the realm of mind and intellect to fathom it? For that, even though it is using initially Sarvam Api Onkara Eva, if you can know that Onkara, how it is that, then only you will know how exactly is the rest of the things are falling in its place. Sure, Vindoji. We'll wait for the Karikas. Thank you so much. Namaste, Srinivas. Namaste, Srinivas. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's act absolutely beautiful, actually. See, in the sixth mantra, I really felt a jolt of Ishara, right? See, uh, all the people come with expectations that Mandukya is only, is a very dry analytical subject, but but the poetry uh, calling the Turiya, the Sarveshwara, Sarvagnya, and Antaryami, I think what, it's as if uh, the whole, uh, the Upanishad is showing the God in your, uh, daily experience so it's it's very funny because people casually end up saying that uh, there is no bhakti or there is no uh, god these these people are very atheistic uh, so all i wonder and even some others also think that they are atheistic and there's the way they say there is we don't believe in god but this mantra puts everything nicely to context and actually shows us what is the that sarveshwara that sarvagya and that's antaryami so i don't know i felt like my my mind got a jolt when you were explaining and I, I, but yeah it was very beautiful the way you explained and and if this is not that ishwara which everyone has to realize i wonder what else it is kind of see the whole problem for the rishis and the commentators are that they have to bring down to the level of understanding of something which mind can never fathom. So all those things which is there, then the seventh mantra starts with Nanda Pratnya, the Vipratnya, the Uveda Pratnya, Napratnya, Napratnya, Pratyanaganam. All those things which he brings is that to stunt our mind. Because if you are using your mind, you have some imagination, you have some ideation, and you are trying to project that ideation as that of Ishara. 
So the Upanishad wants you to kill your mind or to to stagnate your mind to such that in a stagnant mind it shines by itself. That is the purpose of this Upanishad. Yeah, yeah it's so beautiful cool. actually how the Rishi is bringing out that aspect, and it it cre- creeps in creeps on to you, right? Like. I, I don't know, I was probably not, ex- like, at least the whole theme and the understanding is, like, we are, we are analyzing our experiences as waking, but suddenly, today, when I was listening, oh my God, like, this is it, this is the issue, and it, it crept up on me as if unexpectedly, and it was very beautiful kind of thing. Yash, Raj, any comments before we uh, start taking questions? Just wanted to thank uh, Bindoji. Uh, Bindoji, please accept my humble pronouns. Thank you so much. Yeah, Bindoji, thanks so much. Thanks so much. Um, so I wanted to bring up something and just it, just to ponder. And this is my second reading of Mandukya, and so I. I want to challenge everyone just to maybe stretch the thinking because my first reading was the the concept that this is you know there's there's four states when we start talking about dream state waking and deep sleep we tend to automatically personify everything that we read and that this is of course applies to me because I'm the separate individual in the universe and the Upanishads were written for me, and so on. And my question to to all of you is, <clears throat> if we start out, first mantra is talking about Om, and the second mantra is that, you know, all of this is Brahman. The Atman is Brahman, and Atman is uh, understood or as it said, divided and has four quarters. And the four quarters, of course, is dream, waking, uh, deep sleep, and turiya. So is that is that a state of consciousness? Or is this how Brahman is to be understood, at least in this limited sense that Brahman has four quarters, the Atman has four quarters. And so your experience, our experience individually, so to speak, is the experience of Brahman. There is no individual, not really. There's the experience of the individual. We can't deny our own individual experiences in the world. Our bank accounts are all separate. Our bills are all separate. When I try to scratch my toe, you don't uh, you know, have any role in in satisfying that. So there's the experience of the individual, but all of it is Brahman. All of it is that Atman. And so these four quarters, so to speak, is not the individual experience. This is not our individual reality. This is the reality of Brahman. And so rightly so, I believe that this is to be understood that when I'm sleeping, you're awake. When Four billion are sleeping, three and a half billion are awake. 
that this is just the experience of Brahman. And it, it's, it's delusional to personify everything in the sense that this is us as an individual unless we understood and understand that as individuals we are part of that brahman an indivisible part of that brahman we're that multiplicity in the undivided reality of brahman that we might seemingly be acting alone and individually but that's delusional thought that that's the action of brahman that's how brahman is to be understood and to be seen so this is a challenge to everyone and maybe you know neither nitya bindo want to comment or srini or venkat if you have any thoughts on my radical notion here I think this is what Arabindaji already taught. The four limbs, waking state, and create. It is your own limb. The four limb waking is your own limb, through which you know the nineteen faces manifested to enjoy. I so manifested, identified, enjoy that creation. So is the dream manifested. to enjoy the creation and in the book the manifested to enjoy that that identification is causing different problems or enjoyment whatever it is exactly described in the upanishad that billogi explained i have nothing more to add Uh, oh no! Uh, I thought Nitya Ji was uh, about to speak. Uh, oh, it's all right. Go on, Aman. I'll talk later. Oh um, yeah, I, I just uh, wanted to comment on how um, uh, Bindu Ji like deconstructed or dismantled like the whole notion of will itself. And uh, I, I mean, um, it's beautiful because normally people. like to challenge the notion of free will but they forget to challenge the notion of will itself like someone like schopenhauer may say with the capital w the will of the world or the universe but i guess when from your own perspective you have seen will as this nominalization or nama roopa and you have deconstructed it then there is no question of anthropomorphization and all these questions like why brahman did this or like you know why universe did this all those drop um, as a consequence so um yeah just wanted to um uh, share my take on that so uh, thank you bindu ji yeah yeah uh, bindu ji uh, so i wanted to understand this word uh, pragna pragna has contextual meaning so here pragna in this particular verse or the mantra is to be understood is that it is a special knowledge prakarshena is the special knowledge or the reference to knowing of the 
gross, subtle, and not knowing of the Sushupti Avastha. That special knowledge is residing in one who is called the Ananda book or Sushupta Stana. And because he is the one who knows these three, he is called a Pratnya. And therefore, Pratnyanaghana means he is only himself. Other than him, that, it is not there. Sorry for using the word he, because that is only that is the way in which it is being used. But it is I can't I don't want to call it as a need. Then it will become an object without life or without chetana. Therefore, I'm using the word he. It doesn't mean he or she. It is that chaitanya with it which has the knowledge. But at the same time, you should know that it is not the Chaitanya which is being indicated by the word Satchitananda. Here the Prajna has the relevance of knower and knowing that aspect of it. From this point, but at the same time in some other Upanishad, some other location, the Prajna has been used in different contexts and different meaning. So, depending upon the, the context, you have to take the meaning. Yeah, thank, thanks, Vinaji. So, so maybe to summarize the understanding, right? Like, uh, uh, so pragna is the capability, uh, decisiveness, ability to see truth and not truth, non-truth. There is nothing we can say called not truth. This is a misunderstood truth, you can say. It is not a not truth. Yeah, yeah, misunderstood truth, yeah. Yeah, because there is agrahana. See, you are not knowing the truth can make you project something in its place because there is something. So you have to project something. That is why, in the rope and snake example, the not knowing the truth of the rope is the reason why projections of the snake or a crack in the floor or as a garland or any stick or anything lying there. Because the moment you know the truth as the rope, which is there, sarva trikalam, before, now and later, it, the truth is only rope. That non-cognition of the rope is the reason why this superimposition of misapprehension takes place on that as a snake or other objects. So, the, the, there is never a moment where you can say you there is no knowledge. You can only say that knowledge in its being do not know or do not experience knowing, that's all. But at the same time, you cannot deny the total knowingness also there because it, it being the, the nature of knowing and being the nature of knowing and being the knowing, we have to tell the word knowing itself. 
അരെ വിജ്ഞാതാരം കേന വിജാനീയാദ് ഈസ് എ സ്റ്റേറ്റ്മെന്റ് വിച്ച് ഉപനിഷത്ത് യാജ്ഞോസ് ടു മെറ്റ് ഹൂ വിൽ നോ ദ നോവർ ഇഫ് യു ഹാവ് തേർഡ് പാർട്ടി നോസ് ദ നോവർ ദെൻ ദെൻ യു വിൽ ഹാവ് ഇൻഫിനിറ്റ് യുനോ ad infinitum the you will go who will know then who will know that like that it will keep on going to infinity so that should be warded out when they say that when the being is in it, the knowing is in the being or the in the it he he becomes the knowledge or the knower himself he is a state where it's a being and being itself is knowing because not knowing there is nothing other than to know other than himself or the knowledge itself or the being itself so it is a very what you call uh, unfathomable area of the mind how it can be conceived or mentally you have to experience it to know it like i can no way know what santosh is unless i become santosh then only i can say i know santosh same way knowledge the knowledge can be known only when you become the knowledge there the knowing and the knowledge are not two separate things there are no objects which is as part of the knowledge other than itself so so can i understand uh, can i understand this uh, you know ji as uh, sorry uh, bindu ji as uh, uh, the ability to switch between vidya and avidya you have to define vidya and avidya because each connotation has got different meaning vidya and avidya vidya is when there is conviction of you being that and avidya is when that conviction goes away how does it fit here i uh, know i mean is that like pragna uh, that's my uh, no, 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 no no so because in no, telugu it is actually used as a a word that's like you know very close to capability so maybe i'm misunderstanding it because of that yeah uh, that is not the way that is prakarshena janati iti pragna is the definition by the sanskrit uh, dictionary special knowledge which means all ordinary knowledge is excluded right when all ordinary knowledge is excluded what remains is the knowledge itself no so the knowing of the knowledge knowledge itself is called pragna but that is just seeing right that is just like why do you need pragna like i mean capability okay i mean again i am misunderstanding okay i think mm-hmm. i got my answer binoji uh, thanks it is quite interesting to you know listen to uh, knowing as being and you know knowledge itself uh, you know 
like there is no separation between when a person is knowing and the person is becoming knowledge i mean those two activities are same in itself so so in this regard uh, can we separate knowledge you know even the act of knowing you know uh, if you consider mithya and you know the ultimate truth uh, in separate categories or will the in both the ways the knowing will still be the same what are the two categories you bifurcated uh like suppose uh, uh one is seeing the rope as assuming that it's a snake okay then of course uh, he is uh, still in the act of knowing he is ga- gaining some knowledge but uh, that's not the rightful knowledge and uh, suppose other person sees the same rope and recognizes it as a rope uh, which is the truth uh then he is also engaged in the act of knowing as well so in both the situations what is the difference what is the difference between mithya and being the, tr- the true knowledge mithya is for that person who sees the snowy snake in the rope the reason for the snake the seeing the snake is mithya it is the mithya which caused him to see the snake for the other person who is seeing this rope as rope he has no mithya got the difference yes yes i got the difference but still uh, the act of knowing for both the observers is the same right i mean he is also attaining some knowledge and the other person is also attaining the knowledge itself and both are becoming here, knowledge yeah here you are to differentiate one thing we are talking the realm of knowing and objective material the subject is never part of the know, knowing process he is the he is the what you call instrument which knows things or he is using his instrument of eyes to knowing the things but in the case what i was talking about knowledge of being knowledge there there is no object outside the knowledge to be known so there there is no mithya there is no second one na dvitiyam asti there is nothing other than that so that should be understood in the case of knowledge and being knowledge oh okay thank you thank you very much pranam that uh, bindu like uh, yatharth gnanam and ayatharth gnanam would you say or when you say we say knowledge knowing is being it's more um knowledge through identity with the, with the vastu right knowing through was, identity was yeah. why vastu when it becomes self what will you do but there is before uh, being that there is something called separative knowledge and knowledge through identity this two and then yeah that are two that is the two separateness that is yeah. the state beginning and then mm-hmm. come to this yeah that's what and this uh, uh, the previous questioner uh, when he said about the knower of uh, the mithya and that snake the substratum of it it's a totally different level of knowledge you know when 
you have attained to the knowledge of the substratum and have got rid of the mithya. It's a totally different perception of uh, life itself. I mean, so using that example, applying it to life itself. Thank you, Nitya Ji, for that information. Anyway, we are all uh, like <laughs> we are all um, have to exist in this world of ignorance, permitted by the absolute, and uh, it absolute. And unless we, um, you know, understand that when we say Sarvam Kalvidam Brahma, the divine extended in multiplicity is the self of all. I think when I would love to see how Binduji treats the fourth, the next. Uh, Verse where there are many way of treat many ways of treating that verse and answers to it are there. Um, that the divine extended in multiplicity is the self of all existence. Um, that's uh, my answer to Patrick also. And man is an indi or man is an individual being of the divine, whatever person. But when we are examining these issues from a transcendent point of view. A certain illusoriness, a sense of vanity of cosmic existence and individual being is bound to happen. So that's where we have to, I think we have to be very clear about this class and Bindoji's treatment of the Upanishad is purely from a transcendent point of view. Adiyom. Just a very quick question. So uh, there seems to be a kind of global knowledge or global kind of person totality or whatever you call it as and then you know there's some totality and uh, that is like you know not accessible you know because the cognitive principle which is recognizing a snake for example is a kind of like you know arising of a sub process or sub this thing and all whatever we call as that awareness of the snake or whatever whatever led to the decision that it is snake so <clears throat> being that ultimate thing can we assume that uh, there is a global knowledge which actually is accessible? It is only apparently shielded, and therefore there is only a temporary arising of a false knowledge. Uh, should we one interpret that way, or what? I didn't get that aspect very uh, clear because my understanding is that it is like you know by uh, the, the true reality or a true knowledge is always there. Only it's apparently like, you know, shielded, it's apparently like, you know, uh, misconstrued. And uh, the moment you shine a light on it and then it just disappears as if it never existed in the first place. Uh, so it's just a temporary Okay. So there the error, erroneous statement comes on the global knowledge can be misleading. Where multiplicity into put into one bracket, which becomes global. There is nothing called global. There is only one. So that itself, when it is appearing as many, the global feeling is what is called mithya. In the case of rope and snake, it is that you will see half snake and half rope. It never happens. Ardha jaradiya nyaya. So it doesn't happen that way. Either you see the rope or you see the snake. But in here, what happens? Remaining as that entity which is 
the substratum or the sarvesha or sarvatnya we feel we are the limited individual this dichotomy creation is how can the sarvatnya forget about his own nature that question can come how the all knowing ishara forget himself to become a jiva the the answer for that is the jiva thinks he is real therefore he thinks how the jiva ishara has become there but in reality the the jiva is not a reality so the question doesn't arise there the ishara has got a atnyana to become a jiva this anirvachaniyatvam or inexplicability of the status of the jiva is what is called the maya or mithya how did it happen no answer for it because how did how did the rope become a snake it has not become a snake but did you see the snake yes so unless it had become a snake how will you get a snake you cannot get a snake the non existent snake cannot give a real snake experience but it is giving when the appearance now these are all the finer things where the analysis will have to get into details of it this is being discussed in the second third chapter in the second chapter called vaitatya pragranam in the madukya how does the illusion really affect the all knowing ishvara to feel that he is a jiva a good very very good and beautiful examples are being explained it how does it happen so i think yeah one thing we are very very quite sure is like we cannot uh, you know logicalize this because logic itself is like you know, arising out of limitations and logic is a process of trying to build the reality through the limitations uh, having known the limitation then we try to build the reality from the limitations so that obviously is like not the right approach at all but then some aspects like for example if i know that like you know there is a freedom for example and therefore in freedom anything is possible some such things can be independent of the logic in a way so the question is like you know what aspects can we imagine or can we think which are actually not logically so don't fall under logic uh, usually most of the things fall under logic but then some things may not fall under logic and uh, you know which which may be accessible to us or whatever i mean so it's like it's like it's like this we know it. you need a pole to go across the pole vault but the moment you reach the tip of the place you have to abandon the pole to cross over the logic will take you up to this far and no further that is the place where manasa apincha achintya rajana or eto manasa eto vacho nivartanda prapya manasa saha all those statements becomes valid there the pramana or the the instrument for knowing is only you have to be in it and for that the only the proof is the people who have gone crossed over the vault the rishis who have explaining this in their own terms that is why this becomes so archaic and mystical in its own nature that ordinary experiences cannot take you beyond a limit up to that you can bring logic yes you are right beyond that the logic has no realm or playground so you have to abandon the logic but 
be it it is just a, like flipping a coin when you flip you see the other side but till you flip you don't see the other side it's as simple as that but it has to happen shining one you go ahead yeah yeah so i was actually saying that uh, arvind ji at this at some point in this lecture so i will again return to the recording you said something very interesting and it was very much related to you know this question uh, you said that uh, the, the samanya or that uh, uh, pragna it it is the one uh, and the visheshas don't have any power right some uh, power of creation that bhuta when you are explaining that antaryami and which is pervading the bhutas you said something very nice that the visheshas have no power right so basically uh, and yeah i think uh, if the time is <laughs> that is one point i would like to check because uh, yeah it might be controversial so like when when some people think for example humans are creating some stuff right and they think that creation like for example humans are building a ship or a building they they have such a they think that it is similar to the the anyway the apparent creation of the parmatma right so so it was something you said very beautiful i will go back to the yeah, recording it's a vishesha vishesha vitnya bhava yeah see all knowledge other than one's own real nature falls into the vishesha vitnana because there is a visheshanam visheshya bhava in that you can define it or definite there are definitive ways in which you can categorize them into bring into a particular aspect only but only when the knowledge in the its own pure entity there is no definition which can by which you can define that so therefore vishesha vitnana bhava therefore you are becoming the knowledge itself hari om hari om